Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory Live, presented by Emprise Bank. Find a bank that doesn't flag you for holding. In fact, they'll reward you for it. Just don't tell the refs. Earn 1.75% annual percentage yield on your monthly balance with a high interest checking account at Emprise Bank. Visit EmpriseBank.com. Member FDIC. Boy, there's a lot of high interest in this team right now, too, isn't there? We've got a lot to talk about, and uh, it's probably not all going to be that positive. This is going to be a very interesting episode, and here to help me navigate the waters of your three and four, under 500, worst winning percentage than the Kansas City Royals. Kansas City Chiefs are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, what's up? I have so many thoughts right now. One, why did the Royals come up here? I, I don't understand this. This is football. Low two, bar. Two, in case anybody hears it, there is currently a tornado warning around me right now. If you hear thunder or anything like that, or if I immediately run away, it's not my internet this time. I have been taken away by a tornado as punishment for saying that Chris Jones was going to be the defensive MVP this year and talking <laughs> highly of the Chiefs defensive line going into the season. So, Craig, I, you, you're next. Like, if, if I'm going to the tornado, you, it's coming for you next because you agreed with me. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And Maddie, I expect in typical Midwesterner fashion, because you did grow up in the Midwest, that you will go outside to at least see the tornado before it takes you I've already been out there twice. I've already been out there twice to see what's happening. Don't worry. (laughs) Well, good, good. Yeah, and your defensive MVP takes and defensive line takes, I got them too. So yeah, you're right. It's coming (laughs) right for me. Remember when uh, we thought this was the deepest roster the Chiefs have had in the Patrick Mahomes era? I never did. I never thought this. I thought it was the exact same roster that has always been here. And that is part of why we have gotten to the exact point that we are. It's the same mm-hmm. roster. Yeah, sure. Run that it back. Like a, uh-huh. It'll run it back. They've run it. They didn't have a run choice to run it back because a lot okay. of their contracts were way too heavy and backloaded for them to not run it back for multiple years. And here we are paying for the sins of the 2018 draft. We're paying for the sins of some big expensive contracts that haven't worked out since the Super Bowl year. You're paying for the sins of, of a Super Bowl in a lot of ways because the Chiefs had to be aggressive to make things work. That's not an excuse because they've not got any remote value out of some of these big ticket players. I don't, we don't really know exactly where this show is going to go. We just decided we we're going to get on the air and just vent. Like I know there's, there's a few things we're going to hit on. We're going to talk a little bit of draft at the end of the show because when you're under 500 and your expectations change, which they should, you have to change the show a little bit. And let's just talk about those expectations. Because look, Patrick Mahomes brought up 20-0. This team looked primed to continue to sustain the success that they've had over the last couple years. I mean, this team has not known much different with the worst historical defense, one of the the worst defense in the league in 2018. They were on the doorstep of a Super Bowl there. They won the Super Bowl in 2019. They lost in embarrassing fashion in the 2020 Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and nothing has been the same since this team has been substandard. They have not met their standards. They've been bad for, for, for this, basically the entirety of the year games. They, they, they trailed against Cleveland. They needed a miracle to come back against Cleveland. Think about that. Hey, that's the hey, only, that's hey. the only the defense did something at the end of that game. Let's not just write all of that off as a miracle. Come that on was now. also the last time the defense did anything. Okay, now hold on. Hey, hold hey. on, hold on, hold on. The defense was coming off of a quality six quarters heading into this game. <laughs> and yes. Oh, time first- out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Because we don't get to count the Buffalo hat. We don't get to count the Buffalo quarters anymore. We don't get to yes, count those at all. You want to know why? Because the Titans. <laughs> the Titans got shut out in the second half against uh, the Chiefs shut out the Titans in the second half of that game. And it means absolutely zero. It is worthless. They here's stopped. how much it means. There's here's how much it means. But okay. The, the Titans did not throw a pass in the fourth quarter. <laughs> did not throw a pass. In the fourth quarter. The yeah, last no, pass this... 
this game was that Ryan close. Tannehill and the Titans threw was the Willie Gay interception, and they just ran the ball from there on out. <laughs> yes. No, this was never close. The Chiefs were never in this game after Patrick Mahomes' first interception there where he tried to make a play on that first down. They were down 17-0. He clearly felt they had to make something happen. You can go back and watch that play. I think I've seen somebody post the all-22 angle. Absolutely nobody was open while he sat there in the pocket. Then he went to scramble, tried to force a throw. It got intercepted. He shouldn't have done it, but like you understand what's happening. That wasn't a just him playing out of structure for no reason. He waited. The pocket collapsed. Nothing was there. It just that was telling you that nothing was happening that game. I, I was just saying, you know, the defense was potentially on its way up, maybe playing better. And hey, they stopped Derrick Henry. So like that's a half a win according to Twitter, I think. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, I thought, uh, yeah, I mean, because you know what? In modern football, the most important thing you can do is stop the run. That's exactly. And you know what? You should really, you know what you should do? You should spend three top 100 picks on the defensive line, three top 100 picks at your linebacker, have the sixth most expensive linebacker in football, have the most expensive non-quarterback in football under contract, you should really, and you should invest all of those picks and all of those assets in your front seven because that's what matters. And I'm assuming if you spend all that kind of draft capital over the last four years, your your run defense should be pretty good. And your, your front seven should be really good, shouldn't it, Maddie? I'm going to push back on that you shouldn't try to stop Derrick Henry when you play the Titans because <laughs> I would I will challenge Ryan Tannehill to have that kind of game week in and week out. And I, unfortunately, Hold he's on. done it. He's done it enough. Like he's you know he's done no. it enough that you have to respect him. But I, you go into that game telling me that your game plan is to stop Derrick Henry, that you accomplished it with this team. I, I, any good offense, what is supposedly a good offense, I think you did your job. I'm sorry, no. Derrick Henry at three yards per carry is inefficient as he was. If that's what you get from your defense, I'm, that's your fault for right. letting that happen to your course. That's your fault for putting Mike Hughes out there. That's your fault for never investing in a cornerback ever, ever in the history of being a GM, but you stopped Derrick Henry. You did the one thing you have to do to stop the Titans unless you're going to come out with that piss poor of a performance. It's like, it is what it is. Like that's at the end, bottom line, you play the Titans, you stop Derrick Henry. I will, I, we can spend the next 50 minutes arguing about that if you want to. Ryan Tannehill has that performance every Tuesday when they do their walkthrough because that's about the kind of resistance he had against the pass in the first half of that game. He started out 11 of 11. And you're right. It is a talent problem, Maddie. I will not argue that with you at all. This is a Brett Veach comment. Like, honestly, like, the funny thing is, is, like, a lot of, like, uh, uh, we'll, all right, we'll talk about the cornerbacks real quick. We'll talk about the linebackers here in a second, too. The Sorry with defense, are, Craig. Cheer up. The cornerbacks are, it's not their fault. <laughs> it's Brett Veach's fault. It, it like, Brett is. Veach put so little talent at the cornerback position that they, that they were subjected to having to play as much as they did. Because that is an that is a talent that is not a group with a ton of talent. And and Brett Veach has tried to get cute because he overspent on an underperforming defensive front and a front seven that he completely just neglected, arguably one of the top three or four most important positions in football. And so now you're sitting here with a bunch of you know low talent players trying to get cute, and there's no pass rush to help mask their deficiencies, and they're getting exposed. But you also decided to, you know, like we 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 okay. By the way, I predicted Nick Bolton. Where's this all coming from? I talked about Nick Bolton on the game preview edition, right? I said, look, I think this is Great a game. game. Prime, Great this game. Is prime for him. This is exactly the kind of game you want him between the tackles. He was the only dude about that life. He was the only guy giving effort in between the tackles. He was outstanding stopping in the run. Could not cover to save his life. And that's just the reality of it. And this is not a Nick Bolton conversation. It's not Nick Bolton's fault. He is a limited athlete. He's very good at what he does. And you saw what he's very good at. He can't cover. But Brett Veach decided to make the investment again in the linebacker position for the third time in the top 100 picks in his tenure after paying Anthony Hitchens a Craig, keep drinking, Craig. Uh, just, just, a thou, you know, just paying exorbitant amounts of, of money to a very average linebacker in Anthony Hitchens. That second level cannot cover to save their lives in modern football when teams are going to be playing from behind. Like all these roster construction decisions. Looks like they're are... playing from ahead a lot this year, too. Well, <laughs> it's infuriating. Just the small little things about this football team that, you know what, we we forgave a lot. And last year, there's a lot of the Chiefs didn't cover very much last year because they would just, you know, fiddle around for three quarters and then pull it out late in the fourth quarter. 
but man, that those there might have been more issues there because I think you're kind of seeing it come to light because they're just a smid, they're they're less talented, they're a little bit older, and all that we'll just figure it out in the fourth quarter stuff is not working anymore. But that standard was set last year. Championship swagger. They were they weren't blowing anybody out last year. They weren't keeping anything. Everything was close, and now things aren't close in the other direction. I mean, let's <laughs> let, let's talk a little bit about that. Are you good? Do you need another five minutes, know. buddy? I blacked out. <laughs> what is that? Like we've been on the show for like ten minutes. I'm not. It's Thursday, kid. It's Thursday now. Like I don't know what happened. But... It's time to preview the Giants. <laughs> no. Um. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um. The the mentality shift. Uh, Andy Reid said it today. You know, he was asked about what the identity was, and he said, frankly, you know, they don't know. They don't know. And a lot of people jumped on him about that. But I, I mean, do. Do you? Does anybody know? Like, we we don't know. They walked into this season with the plan to put a ton of points on the board with an explosive offense and the best quarterback in the NFL. And what they turned out was, you know, they had some moments of good offense, but over the past three games, it has been bad offense by and large. Mm -hmm. And then a defense that's built to play from ahead and you're not ahead. And even when you are kind of even, you're not stopping the opposition. So the things that you hung your hat on, you know, scoring points, rushing the passer, you know, coming up, being opportunistic on defense and score and, you know, having turnovers and then taking care of the ball on offense. None of that is happening. Your complete team identity is dissolved after seven weeks. It's not to say they can't get it back, but that's what it is. So, yeah, Andy Reid being grilled up there about the team's identity. Yeah, they don't have one. <laughs> Their identity is turning the ball over, allowing a ton of points, and spending a lot of money on players that aren't living up to expectations, especially on the defensive side of the ball right now. Well, and I guess that's where the, probably the the going back to Brett Beach, and we're going to, I guess, think have to have more on this in a second. But going back to Brett Beach, like you're bringing in a lot of players, and none of them are matching the expectations that you brought them in for. Like you can look at any of these big offseason additions. You can even look at the role players that are being brought in. A lot of guys are struggling to match the expectations that are being set for them via their previous uh, experience or stats production for other teams, the contracts they're given. Nobody is matching that. These guys are not matching kind of what the expectations for them are going to draft picks are not matching the expectations for what they should be based on where they pick. So it's not even just the star players. Yes, this team is built around their star players. We've talked about that numerous times over the years, how that's maybe not the healthiest way to build a team. That's the way the Chiefs have gone. It's kind of catching up to them now, though. Frank Clark looks like a shell of himself. And I don't think Frank Clark was actually terrible versus the Titans. I think he was fine. He just isn't great. He's not worth being the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL, very clearly. He's just not worth what they traded Chris Jones is not worth $20 million the way he's playing this year. Tyron Matthews is not worth his $16 million cap hit right now. So it's like nobody is worth what they are being paid, what they are being at. Orlando Brown wasn't worth the trade. Nobody on this roster is worthy of what they've been paid, what they're getting. And part of that is Brett Veach. Part of that is him bringing in these talents. But do you know who has to okay every single move that Brett Veach ever wants to make? There's one person that has to okay, that has to sign off on all these things. And his name's Andy Reid. Like we can bash Brett Beach all we want. I'm not saying Andy Reid's never tur- not turning him down left and right and saying, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do this. Or, hey, Brett, make sure you go get that guy. But Andy Reid gets a say in every single thing that happens. The you say. say. You want to say, Brett Beach, you made a bad idea by trading for Orlando Brown. Well, guess who that went through a lot before that move got made? Big Red. It's like you can't blame just Brett Beach and not start putting some of that blame in Andy Reid's feet as well. The Chiefs have gotten 60 cents on the dollar for the vast majority of their big investments the last four years. The good news for them is, though, that outside outside of Patrick Mahomes, that's that's where I'm going. The outside of Patrick Mahomes, they there is just Travis Kelsey's contract's great. That one too. Oh, there's just there's just there's only you know (laughs) Mahomes is always going to be a dollar forty on a dollar because you really can't pay him enough. He is worth every penny. And on the business side, he's worth more. So um, the, Mahomes can mask a lot of things. And he has masked a lot of things. But man, has the fall been drastic. And I mean, you're, yeah. Go. Yeah. No, that's that's what it is. It's 
it's almost like, and you kind of see that out of some of the guys that are performing and performing well, Travis Kelsey excluded from this, but guys like Nick Bolton yesterday playing through, through the whistle all the way through the fourth quarter, you know, does not know how to switch that off. Does not know how to be complacent. <laughs> Juan Thornhill, a guy that has had to fight to get his starting spot back. A guy that I wasn't sure how we were going to see him up against Derrick Henry. He was about that life coming up and run support. He yeah, really was. was. Mm-hmm. Yep. A guy like Colin Saunders that's trying to earn his way in the rotation is was Hungry. playing hard. through. He's having his best season of the year. Playing hard, making the most of every single opportunity. It's like these guys that have had to work or you know haven't been here long enough aren't just sitting and waiting for Patrick Mahomes to come along like that's what that's what it feels like at times and I'm mean I'm not saying that these guys are you know just incapable of doing their jobs they certainly are but it feels like at times that they're just kind of sitting there being like man I really hope that Patrick shows up again like he has for the past three years and really helps us and bails us out and it's just, it's not happening this year. And so they're not responding the same way that you would hope that they would. You know, you know, the most energy I saw of that football team yesterday, it was the kind of energy when people started kind of rallying to Patrick Mahomes when he got knocked out. Mm. It was, there was like, there was some level of like energy to people kind of running to make sure he was okay. It seemed like there was a little bit more like, oh, we might actually, you know, there, there's something kind of struck a little struck a chord in them differently than you'd seen the entirety of the day. And I think there's something to that, like having Mahomes is a blessing and I will take a, a Mahomes 10 out of 10 times. But I think, you know, and, and I, I think I genuinely believe that he is the standard. He sets the standard. He holds people accountable and he works really hard and he outworks everybody in the National Football League. I really believe that. Uh, I don't think anybody works harder than him. Oh, Maddie, you look like you want to jump in. I was just going to say that I think this is a very front-running front team. This team plays mm-hmm. their best when they are the favorites. They play their best when they are feared. They play their best when they are up big. They're expected to win big. Everybody's afraid of them. Nobody's afraid of the Chiefs right now. Nope. They're not the fan. They're not the bully. They're not a team anyone's here. Since the Super Bowl, which it's very odd that the Super Bowl gave the rest of the NFL this kind of confidence to play against the Chiefs because they were playing third-string offensive linemen, but they did. I think it showed – I don't even want to say a blueprint on how to beat them, but it showed that no matter how crazy of throws or plays Patrick Mahomes was trying to make in that game and how much how little help he got, the offense as a whole – had flaws. The offense as a whole had issues. The defense, everybody knew there was issues. You could see it for the past two years, but you found a way to continuously exploit them. The offense, you found a way to make the weak links be what beats you. They did show that. And I just, I think since that moment, nobody steps on a football field with the Chiefs and is scared. Nobody is nervous. And I don't think this Chiefs team, and I think this can go back through a lot of the time with Andy Reid. Yes, you can point to situations where it's changed, but I don't think this team's always done a super good job of responding when they get punched in the mouth. I think that's an issue they've always had with the game. Now, throughout the season, sure. I'm not saying there can't be a huge change starting right now and they win the rest of the games. We've seen them do that throughout a season before. But in a game, in a specific moment, there have been plenty of times where a Chiefs team under Andy Reid has been punched in the mouth and they have not responded well. This current group of players looks like they are really struggling with that. I think you can see it on Patrick Mahomes' face. Like Ken said, he is the leader. He is the guy everyone follows. But you can see he's kind of flummoxed. Everything's hard for him right now. No matter what, we can talk about why it's hard for him in the offense, but it's hard right now. And I don't think he's responding as good as you want him to. I'm not saying he's being bad. I'm not saying he's not worth it, but he's not responding great. And I don't think the rest of the team is either. They're no longer running out in front by a country mile, and it's affecting them playing and play out. I mean, yeah. I I asked you guys this early, like woke up and it was the first thing on my mind this morning. I (laughs) sent it to the group DM. When was the last time that you thought that this team played a complete game? And, you know, that's even with the expectations of the defense being what they are. You know, defense isn't great. You know, he they play okay at times, not ideal. But, you know, play what you would expect them to play, given their talent and everything like that. And the only game that we could come up with was the AFC Championship against the Bills last year. And, like, the last three years. Like, 
you don't see this team play complete games. You don't see them show up and dominate an opponent for an entire 60 minutes on both sides of the ball. And that's that that's tough because when you have things go wrong, as you do in the NFL, because it is very hard to win, there are teams that can take away elements of your offense, elements of your defense, and the other sides have to respond. When you have things that get taken away, you need other groups to execute and step up. And so far in the Patrick Mahomes era, it's been quarters, halves, that, you know, like it lights out offense and it, they're unstoppable. And even the, even the Super Bowl that they won, the offense was bad for the majority of it. They got themselves in a hole and then it was stupid awesome in the fourth quarter. And guess what? They end up winning the Super Bowl. Like, they're good enough to get by on singular quarters, but they never. It's it's so rare to see this team play a complete game, and so when it starts to fall apart, they don't know what that's like. They don't know how to stand it up and play a complete game on both sides of the fall. It mm, There's, it's just so hard to watch in that element because it, it you want more support. You need a team to play a team game here. It's about process. We've been talking yeah. about this for two years, and I think you saw it last year with process. They let teams that they had no business letting hang around, hang around. And there, last year was the season of this shouldn't have been close. We spent a lot of time talking about, yes, this team won. Yes, that's awesome. But here are the reasons that they could eventually not make the Super Bowl. And it didn't matter because they wound up making the Super Bowl. Now, they limped into the Super Bowl, but that team got hit in the mouth and didn't respond in any way, shape or form. Not a ton of pride, zero pride in the second half. First, first play of the second. I, this is like the first time I've talked about the Super, the Super Bowl in a while and like in specifics, but like what happened the very first drive for Tampa Bay in the first half, they ran it right down the throats of the defense. No pride, no, no ownership there. They just, they got dominated. They didn't respond even slightly. And it was over after that. That was the game because the Chiefs offense couldn't do anything to save their lives. And last year, they let teams like the Falcons and the Panthers hang with them. They just coasted. And if you aren't otherworldly talented the same way they were last year, I think, you know, these guys are older. They're slower. A couple of them are. Um, things Losing Sammy Watkins at first, first stretch probably would have helped. You know, Sammy Watkins might have helped a couple weeks here. Maybe a couple, you know maybe makes the difference in one of these games here. I mean, little things matter. And this team has dug themselves into the holes, big holes, 24 nothing holes against Houston Texans with little things. And they haven't been able to come overcome little things. And there've been a lot of little things. Unprecedented amounts of plus territory turnovers. It's a, it's it's so funny that 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 funny. The the Mahomes fumble was yeah. actually technically in plus territory, is recovered in plus territory. I mean, it, if that ain't, you know, if that ain't hilarious, I don't know what is. I mean, this is just the kind of this is this is the kind of stuff we're seeing from this team. It's just it's awful. And, you know, there I think I think I think this is probably maybe maybe I don't want to say an overcorrection. It's a um, it's a regression to the mean, maybe for some yeah. of the last 20 games of this season of this team's, you know, football, because. They 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 were near perfect in games that were that were close. I mean, Miami last year, Falcons, Panthers. Those were all games that shouldn't have been close, and they were. So something. I think there's something to that. I mean, even like the Tampa, they went out and played 30 minutes of good football, and then let Tampa back in in the regular season. Like that's mm -hmm. just that's just been this team's mantra. That's been this team's motto, and it's not been good enough this year. So I don't know what to tell you, Maddie. Well, I, I, let's just let's get away from kind of just like the mentality of the team and the culture and what they have going on. I mean, let's start getting a little bit more specific now. I mean, wh why? Why is this happening? Like, you guys were going through that, and what kept coming up is when things weren't going well, they're not playing a complete game, but one quarter, one half can save this team. It is it's Mahomes magic, as somebody put through the comment section earlier. That seems what it is. A lot of guys are sitting around waiting for Patrick Mahomes and this offense to spark something. Then the defense feeds off of that. In the past, has fed off of that, and the offense has fed off of it. So, like they kind of waited around for Patrick Mahomes to make something. Why this year is there so much trouble for Patrick Mahomes to consistently make that happen? What 
Is it something the teams are doing? Is it something going on with the offense? Like we hear all the time about this cover two and this two-man stuff. And I do think that two-man specifically, when they are pressing up on the line of scrimmage, teams have backed off of playing these soft shells and just trying to put an umbrella over the Chiefs offense and giving up those cheap little now routes, giving up the cheap little three to five yard hitches and let these guys run for you know six, seven yards after the catch. They've taken that away. And now they're just challenging receivers at the line of scrimmage, knowing they have help over the top. And it seems like not only are the Chiefs not adapting with their play calling, it seems like Patrick Mahomes and the offense can't operate through that. They're struggling to figure out how to attack that, not only within the play structure, but then as soon as that's not working, if that's not there, why are they just why are they struggling so hard to beat such a basic coverage? Where are you placing this blame? Why is this happening? Not specifically against the Titans, because like Breon Borders and Dane Krushank. And Janoris Jenkins shutting down Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey's bad. Like, shout out to those guys. Dan Krushank especially played a great game. He really did. Mm -hmm. All those guys played really good, but that shouldn't happen in the NFL. Those guys should not stop Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, Byron Demarcus Robinson the way they did. So why were they able to do it? What is wrong with the offense to where they can't take advantage of that secondary? Yeah, that's and they continue to lose guys on both sides of the ball. Like that's the other part that was baffling. The, the Titans went through some serious attrition within that game after going through attrition previous to that. And the Chiefs still couldn't get anything figured out on either side of the ball, especially in that first half. It, it, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of egregious. It really is. It, you you can't explain that away. Is it too many option routes? Is it too many of the same concept over and over? Is it a reliance on just Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill? Does, does Patrick Mahomes not trust any of these guys to get open because they're largely not open? Like, it yes doesn't to trust all of the above. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, all yes. Those, yes, those are I all mean, yeses. Right. So well, I keep guys open. Think about find, the find avenues towards that. I think uh, the Josh Gordon target interception might speak a little bit to that. I think he is. I think Patrick Mahomes might be a little bit done with some of these guys, frankly. And so, what does he do? He goes and just chucks a ball down and just says, Hey, Josh Gordon's down there. Let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And he tries to force and fit a ball there and doesn't work. Interception. I just, I almost wonder if that's a micro, microcosm for what we're seeing a little bit here with just the lack of trust with the pass catchers, which shame on Brett Veach. Honestly, shame on Brett Veach for that. Because I, I, one thing I've always kind of worried about a little bit is I wish that this team would continue to insulate him with weapons. Just embarrassment of riches. Just always making sure that cupboard's full. Because I, you know, Travis Kelsey's on the wrong side of 30. Tyree Kill, he's one year under contract. He doesn't seem particularly happy right now here in Kansas City with some of the comments that you're seeing out there and the way he handled some of his play. Well, yeah, that too. But I just look at those two guys and I say, okay, well, all right. What do you have after that? Why are you, what, what are you doing to think ahead for this football team? Boy, it would not suck to draft a wide receiver in a couple generational receiver classes. It would, it would not suck to wait until the sixth round to invest in the wide receiver position. You know, I, I just, I, I think they've really struck out and continue to keep the cupboard full and they've wasted some draft capital on some positional on some positions that don't have a ton of value. And they've spent a lot of draft picks on positions that don't have as much value in the national football league as other positions. And like, that's where it just gets really disappointing for me is you're seeing, you're seeing the sins of not having the cupboard full, you know, I, I, and I think that's disappointing. Yeah. And, and you know, the cupboard largely empty. And you you really want it to be the reliance on Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill is too strong. So, but the rest of it is largely empty. You know where to fill that cupboard, though, buddy. That's right, our good pals at Macadoodles. Listen, I've been speaking to franchisees throughout a lot of this. I'm speaking to you, the consumer. Now, I want every time you go into Macadoodles. I want you to tweet at me, email me, DM me, send me messages however you possibly can, letting me know that you went to Macadoodles, that you loved Macadoodles, and that you need a Macadoodles in your area if you don't have one. So that I can take all of those, send them to the people that matter so they can see just 
how important it is to get a McAdoodles in your area of the country. We need one in Kansas City. So get a hold of Roger at info at if you're a franchisee. But I'm speaking to you, the consumer. Send them to me. Send them to me. I want to put them on blast. Let's fill the cupboard, unlike what the Chiefs have done with the rest of their weapons. Oh, yeah. Fill your cupboard with uh, McAdoodles. But I do want to go with this. I don't think the cupboard's as, as bare as we're kind of making it sound here. I don't think there's a lot of talent there. Don't get me wrong. But Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, whatever, whoever you want to call the next tight end, whether that's Jody Fordson, Noah Gray, whoever, Byron Pringle, Josh Gordon, McCole Harbin, Demarcus Robinson, this is enough for an offensive mastermind to get some guys open once in a while. This is a, That's enough talent for an offensive mastermind to dial up some route concepts that get a guy running wide open 12 yards down the field on a crossing route. You know how many times I saw the Titans do that with a significantly less talented once you get past the top guy wide receiver group? Oh, maybe once in a while when you get your best wide receiver matched up one-on-one with a cornerback, maybe you throw a fade route to him. A.J. Brown almost uh, turned two of those into big games with a touchdown, mm-hmm. one like a 40-yard play. How many of those did the Chiefs throw to Tyree Kill in this game versus Janoris Jenkins and Breon Broders? How many? Zero? Oh, okay, they didn't challenge these third, fourth, fifth string cornerbacks with one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Like, what are you doing to where you can't get these guys open if you're Andy Reid? Quit running five-yard hitch routes when guys are playing press coverage at the line of scrimmage and they're trying to stick on your back hip because guess what? It's not going to work. Maybe throw mesh out there once or twice. Maybe get some of these lesser talented wide receivers not running option routes where they already are struggling to think on their feet. Ask them to read a coverage, then go on the same page as your quarterback and get through a break, beat the corner at the same rate that Patrick Mahomes is ready to throw the ball. Maybe let's see some of that offensive masterminders. Everyone wants to talk about not playing the quick game. No quick game, no quick game. Patrick Mahomes is not taking what's there. There's more than one way to beat cover two, guys. Guess what? You don't always have to throw it in the flat to your running back. You don't have to Donovan McNabb yourself down the field. This is not the 2007 Philadelphia Eagles, okay? (laughs) You don't have to check the ball down to Brian Westbrook or uh, LaShawn McCoy down the field the entire time. No, you can still attack holes in the defense. You just got to put players in that position and quit running 38 option routes every single play from McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. Here's, here's some stats for you guys. I wrote this down. I did research leading up to this because I'm, I'm kind of annoyed at this point in time. Look at that stat of papers. Hashtag analytics. In the Chiefs' good offensive performances. So their three wins, and I included the Ravens game in there because it was relatively good. They've averaged 164 yards on passes that are targeted beyond 10 yards. So when Patrick Mahomes is throwing the ball beyond 10 yards, they've averaged 164 yards on those passes in those games. What do you think it is in the, the bad offensive performances? The three losses? 86 I'm going to say 45 yards. Fifty <laughs> percent of the amount of yards on passes targeted over 10 yards. They are terrible throwing the ball beyond 10 yards, and that's when they play bad offensive football. You want to remove the Ravens game, which is another game they lost. They were bad on third downs in. You remove that game, it jumps to 194 yards per game during their really good offense. They, when they play good offense, they are successful pushing the ball beyond 10 yards. Quit talking about only taking the quick game. I get it. Patrick Mahomes is not the best quick game quarterback. Guess what? He's not Joe Montana or Tom Brady. That's not how he plays football. You don't see Tony Dunn going to Peyton Manning and asking him to throw checkdowns to Dominic Rhodes. You didn't see Bill Belichick going to Tom Brady and say, hey, Tom, I really need you to get out of the pocket and make some plays with your legs once in a while. No, the offense was built around what those guys did well. Quit trying to turn Patrick Mahomes to Donovan McNabb. That's not his game, and it's clearly costing your team as you keep going on. Oh, we can't throw it deep because there's two safeties? Yeah, that's cool. It's called cover two. Teams have been beating it since 1972. You know what's funny? Ran too late, everyone. I have, I have a small theory that, you know, Andy Reid sitting over there going, man, opposition's absolutely destroying our defense with these throws of the flat. Maybe we need to do more of that. <laughs> I uh, I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed Ranty Lane there. Oh, uh, there's do, more, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to save it. There, there's so much more. Here, let me, let me, I'm going to, I do want to, I want to get a few tweets off. Uh, here, I, I asked yeah, for the yeah. airing of grievances. We had 150 people reply. I'm gonna get a few. I'm gonna cherry pick a few. Might ask you to, uh, you know, maybe maybe to respond to a few of them. Self, self erasure. Darth Kansas City. Uh, Andy Reid has been utterly outcoached every week since the AFC Fact. Championship game. The players are clearly not buying in anymore. This reminds me of the end of the Marty era, because actually mm. worse, because expectations are higher. The 98. 
Chiefs would work this team. Well, the 98, 98 Chiefs didn't see any run pass options. <laughs> uh, uh, Andrew Richards, six. Need you guys to shave your beards to offset this terrible play. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Should we think about that? No. Can we put a pin Next in that question. one and just think about that one for a little bit? Uh, Terry Dunlap. Some players seem to display a lack of effort. The team looks to be so unprepared on offense and defense. The offensive calls were so predictable. There's a lot of truth bombs in there. The effort. Not according to Andy. <laughs> He's not wrong. I cannot. I mean, if you guys listen to the KCSN live post game show, I could not stand listening to Andy Reid because there's the difference between not saying anything in a press conference and saying you're a fingertip away. I think that was just an embarrassment. I think I think were, today's was worse. I, I think today's was worse. Go. He was flab he was flabbergasted that somebody asked him about the effort that some of the players were showing throughout the whole game. He was visibly upset on his screen in the middle. I forget who asked the question, but in the middle of whoever was asking it, Andy was visibly upset that it even came up in terms of like he was trying so hard to say this team was giving that they're all the entire game. Buddy, I have seen, not for me, I have seen infinite amounts of clips of guys very specifically not giving it their all repeatedly in the second half of that game. Christian, specifically, specifically on the defense. The, the offense, I think, was trying. They just weren't good. But the defense, <laughs> a lot of guys were not giving it their all. I just, I'm with Kent. That's fine. You don't want to throw guys under the bus on a press conference. Two thumbs up. I get that. That's what makes fine. everybody love Andy Reid. You want to even gloss over stuff and make it not seem like a big deal. I get it. You want to say nothing. I get it. Don't be upset with a question and act like somebody is insulting the team when they say, hey, I watched like five guys in a five-play span just pull away from a potential tackle. What do you think about that? Don't act like they are just trying to start stuff. No, they very clearly were doing that. You don't have to lie to us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, the train was on the train was on the tracks. There was a whole bunch of dudes that were just kind of laying. It looked like it looked like the Pro Bowl a couple times. Chris uh, Jones was bit. like, "No, bit. don't go." <laughs> yeah. Oh hey, no. Hey, Nick Bolton, baby, I'm gonna keep saying it. Nick Bolton was stepping into those gaps. About Nick that Bolton life. was about it. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun, at least. You know, yeah. watching it. Hey, that was the game. That those are the kind of games like that. He's set up to have success, in, and he had a lot of success. Mm -hmm. uh but watching chris jones kind of just watch someone run away and mike hughes pull up and i mean brandon kiley does, does andy reed just not think we have eyes like does he think we're all stupid no no, no. honestly I get what he's doing i i think i i think i laid it out of what you're doing he's a player's coach he's always going to take the blame away from players he's never going to blame a player no matter it can be the most blatant off field issue not even football related and andy reed is not going to throw a player under the bus the problem is you don't have to act like you are being insulted when the question is brought up and then lie to people about it. Like, I just think that he could have glossed over it as a, they tried next question. He could have Bill Belichick that, and it wouldn't be a big deal to me at all. It was just the visual reaction and just how hard he was trying to scramble to say that they were trying. And like, I would almost rather just, I mean, I personally would love to hear him blast the effort of the team publicly. I would love that. Bruce Arians would do it. Bruce Arians is probably like my favorite coach to listen to just because he's fun. I'm not saying he's the best coach. He's just fun. Like, Bruce like kind of hates his team a little bit, like just a just little like, bit. That's not how Andy's ever going to go about motivating somebody. It's just yeah. not what he's going to do. Yeah. It's just the approach he took to say, no, no, no. They tried really hard. It did. It rubbed me incredibly the wrong way. Well, you want to know something funny? The the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are absolutely mollywopping a bunch of people off the backs of us off the back of their Super Bowl. They're not making things close. They're beating bad teams when they should be. They're embarrassing teams, and they're and Blaine Gabbert's getting to play mop up time <laughs> with you know forty five year old Tom Brady just carving people up, all gas, no breaks for three quarters. Then they let up a little bit. So yeah, whatever Tom Bruce Aaron do what he's yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever Bruce Arians is doing to keep his team hungry and accountable sure seems to be working. So good for him. A couple more tweets. Maui, OI, OI, whatever you want to go by. Chiefs homerism is going to get a rude awakening. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. And then Brad Newman, I think this is the best one at Spot of Brad. Is it time to tank? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sure? it's not time to tank. I'm positive. It is time to no talk. Tank. 
You got Patrick Mahomes. You never tanking. Come on now. It, it is time to talk a little draft, though, because I did tell some people. We asked the people if they wanted to hear a little bit of draft talk. You know what? Your sub 500 Kansas City Chiefs, probably a great time to at least maybe have a little bit of discussion about the NFL draft because we're entering November with a losing record. Yes. It's exactly. time to talk about the NFL draft. Totally fine. I think this is totally acceptable. We're about to be the chief next time the Chiefs play. It's the same month as Thanksgiving. Totally, totally fine. Uh, so I do want to add, so Maddie's been doing a lot of great work getting you guys ready for the draft. He's been giving you, you players to watch every single week. Uh, this is the only compliment you're ever going to get from me, Maddie. Um, yep. It's about right. But I do want to know, like, uh, we're just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, we'll let's talk a little bit here. What position should the chiefs take with the 10th pick in the draft this year? Well, 10th, oh, well, wait, <laughs> how, how are we getting to 10th? I was thinking like sixth. Oh, oh, they'll win a few more, you this know, team is better than that. No. Okay. So like, I'm glad you started with this because I wanted to respond to the tanking one. I don't think you can tank when you need like six different starters. Like it's too hard to it's too hard to tank when you need to fill so many roster spots. Like you're not tanking to get a specific player because you have so many needs. So like if you're sitting there to the Chiefs right now, I think you're set to draft at like a 16th ish, maybe mm-hmm. probably maybe a little bit lower. I'm not sure, but you're set to draft in the middle of the first round. Like obviously defensive end, I think that's where a lot of fans are going to want to go, and I agree. Uh, cornerback needs to be up there. If you don't have cornerback on your list, you must have not just watched the Titans throw YOLO balls against the Chiefs cornerbacks for the entire first half to put up 20 Or the Bills. Or the Bills. Or the Chargers. Or the Buccaneers. Or, the- <laughs> or any team that's had offensive success against the Chiefs is throwing YOLO balls. It, it, I, maybe that's what it was. We talked about in the Super Bowl, teams figured out how to beat the Chiefs. Maybe they saw it finally. Hey, just throw at the corners even if they look like they're in good position because they can't actually play the ball. Maybe that's what it feels like. Cornerbacks on the list. We talked about wide receiver. Orlando Brown Jr. is not working out, guys. He's not. I don't know if you can afford to let him go. I don't know if you can afford to add left tackle to your list of needs. But what are you going to pay him? You're sitting there in the middle of the first round. You're going to franchise him if you keep him. I think you might have to though. What do who you're going to? Where are you going to draft this left tackle? I don't know, man. Draft him at 16. Then what are you going to do with defensive end? What are you going to do with cornerback? Like, who are you guys drafting? What position are you guys drafting? Me? I'm I'm going defensive end. I'm tired of not having a pass rush on this team. Like, I, I really am sick and tired of it. And they got a lot of money invested in it. They need somebody cheap. We, we've seen what they did with the offensive line. They needed to find some cost-controlled talent. They went out. They found that. By the way, offensive line was terrible against the Titans. One performance amongst many, you know, especially on they're the interior bad. there. They're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. They're going to be fine. Yeah. You found some cost control talent there. You got to find some cost control talent along the defensive line because you're spending too much money for the amount of production that you're getting out of it right now. Counterpoint. Yeah. Brett Veach is never drafting a defensive end because they are going to go into the offseason and say, hey, where's our biggest hole? Is it pass rush? Let's pay somebody $3,100 million to play defensive Ugh. end for us, even though they're not worth it. I'm saying it now. I don't think they draft a defensive end because they sign a free agent. They overpay a free agent or trade for a defensive end because they want somebody that will impact them on day one. Putting need- that play in that flag now. That's a Veach move. That actually does sound like a Veach move. The problem is they need a high pro- high paid free agent and they also need a rookie. And they also probably need a third pass. They need more than one. <laughs> they ain't just one dude that they need. <laughs> I mean, like that's the, 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 the that's what's so stunning is like this team has a lot of holes, and they've got holes that people have been talking about. From they, the cornerback issue is going to continue to be a problem. Uh, the pass rush is a problem. Uh, they're they're not athletic enough at the linebacker level, but you better not spend another draft pick there. I'm gonna lose nah, my mind. Just, it just, it just like Gay and play. Bolton. Bolton should play the mic from here on out. Just like Gay absolutely, and just let him go. Play. Yeah. Just you're not go. getting yeah. you're not getting better in coverage, but mm. who cares? Who, cares? who yeah. cares at this point? Yeah, absolutely. I can't, he should, but I care that they're not getting better in coverage. I mean, hey, oh, at no, this no. point, you've no. got to just cut your losses. We just got to accept the fact that one of the things this team is always going to be bad at is coverage in the middle of the field. Yes. Second yeah. level of defense. And That's fine. Yeah. Hopefully Willie Gay can be athletic and make plays to the sidelines. And you know, Nick Bolton's he not did. gonna be southeast trying to chase guys in the coverage. It's just, you know, yep. it's it is what it is. You just live with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I wide receiver, I think you need to go out of receiver. I think you need to start, you need to start planning. You need to start planning ahead a little bit for the love of God, have some level of foresight for the future. Like try 
to maybe think about your team past one year because you keep making all these big rash decisions and big investments to fix one hole. Guys, the boat is going to sink. The boat's sinking. A the, boat, the boat's taking a lot of water on this year because every single year we go out here, the aggressive correction is also uh, an expensive correction. And if you keep getting 60 cents on the dollar every time you make some of these aggressive corrections, you take a Frank Clark. He's a very good pass rusher. You think he's eventually going to be great. Is never great. Regresses, injuries, whatever you want to call it, has been worse every year as he's gotten along as a Kansas City Chief. Chris Jones, effort didn't get any better when he get paid. The hunger doesn't look the exact same. Pass rusher's great. Awesome, cool. Still is not about that life against the run. Anthony Hitchens is expensive. Tired Matthews expensive. You got, you, you, mm, sorry. I, I lost my train of thought a little bit. There. I'm, just, it's <laughs> I'm going to give a name. I'm going to say Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati, the Chiefs pick Love in it. the middle of the first round whenever they pick. I think that, that makes sense. I do, think, I do think they sign a defensive end. I think they then jump over to corner with the thought process of there will be a better receiver left in the second round than there is going to be a corner, even though it is a good cornerback class. Don't get me wrong. The thought process will there be a better receiver left We'll see what happens with offensive tackle. Yeah, I don't know what Cut other draft to. questions you have, but Cut to Chris Olave being the 16th pick in the draft, and Maddie will be very happy with that. I'm good he with will. that. He will be. I'd be yeah. very good with that. Uh Traylon Burks. Ma- oh, yeah. Traylon Burks would be oh, friends. Yeah. Maddie, love, who love do Traylon. the Chiefs who do the Chiefs take with the pick that they trade uh, for Chris Jones? So <laughs> what? A third round pick? <laughs> Come on. No. Okay. Okay. What do you think? What is Chris Jones going for in this scenario? Early where am two. I, where am I looking? Early two, at least. Early two, at least. Craig, where am I looking? Where? Where? where oh, you think early let's, two? Uh, let's go with early two, just not to slow this down. I'm looking up his contract. I, I don't know that they okay. can trade. Okay. Him, you can. They can trade <laughs> yeah, him next I year. I already looked. Okay. They need to blow um, the, They need to blow the entire thing up. Absolutely blow it ever. Blow everything up. Anything not under a rookie deal. Blow it all up. I think that's a good spot Sorry. to actually look for a wider. No, I think it's a good spot to look for a wide receiver or a safety. So a lot of stuff changes if you don't bring back Tyron Matthew, actually. So if you don't have Tyron Matthew back, which I'm not sure you should at this point in time, that adds safety to this long list of guys we're talking about where they need a player. They need it. If you're going to play Juan Thornhill long-term, and I think you should, you need a safety that can step down into the box and play deep or can step into the box and play in man coverage. Like they got to be able to do some combination of box and something else. So you're looking at battle out of Alabama. You're looking at Brandon Joseph out of Northwestern. If he comes out, even though he hasn't had a super strong year, like you do uh, Jalen Catalan out of Arkansas, like, like you need some kind of safety. So I'd say safety or early two sounds like prime real estate for David Bell, wide receiver out of Purdue. If you want a bigger guy or Chris Olave. I, I don't know if Olave is going to sneak into the first round. I don't think he's had the strongest year, and some other more athletically pleasing receivers have kind of had bigger seasons this year. Sure. That's why he's going to be available at 16. Yeah. <laughs> he's a damn good player. I, no, no, yeah. he is. He is. He just hasn't had the strongest year. So, like, I could see him being an early second round pick, is all. Yeah. Now, if you trade Chris Jones, 14 million a dead cap, you save 15 million against the cap. So, yes, do it. A, a tradable contract there do it so. move on I, and i think you team. i think we all assume that anthony hitchens and frank clark are not Gone. on this team by 2022 that's later. a lot of money that you're freeing up if you do all of that but exactly. you need tone setters which again goes goes towards maddie's point like if you're gonna Look. go after a guy in free agency it better be a vet Here's, be, here. be be von miller I think Von Miller's. I think Von Miller's a guy I would look at. But here's the thing for me: the only thing that's going to change between this year's defense and next year's defense is it's going to get older. I think this team needs entirely new voices. I think they need to flip this thing entirely on its head. I think there just needs to be a lot. I don't think there's needs to be a lot of voice. Like I just think they need to just reset and slam that reset button. And I think even Chris, you need to figure out how to move on from him too. And this is, I mean, Chris is not the prop, the biggest problem by far on this team. By far, by far. But he's the asset that you can get something for compared to anything else that you have you need to it this is this is paying for the sins of the frank clark contract not working out this is paying for the sins of not being able to pay tyron at a reasonable price this is paying for the sins of thinking anthony hitchens was more than a average linebacker at any point in his career you made the mistake reset the defense for the second time in four seasons after you fully reset the offensive line and ran it back you want to know the problem going back to the front office and team building that i have 
they choose all or nothing every offseason. Yep. And then they botch it. It's all or nothing. We are going to change the entire defense. And it, you can't say it didn't work out for that year because they got to the it Super Bowl. Did. But long term, it clearly is not working out. Running it back did not work out. There was clear flaws with that team. You knew running, going into the year, it showed up. Running it end. back was worse. Running back was the more expensive decision. It was the worst decision. Spending every possible asset to improve the offensive line. I get why you did it, but it doesn't look like it's working so far. Do we, or do we think that's going to work? Do we think spending all of your offseason capital, draft, free agent capital, whatever money, whatever it's going to be to revamp this offensive line was the right move? They focus so much on one thing that they forget to make the entire team better. They think improving one specific area is going to make the whole team better. So can you afford to go rebuild an entire defense in one offseason again and keep focusing on one singular thing? I mean, it's like putting new shocks on your vehicle, but ignoring the ping in your engine. Like that's, that's what it is. It's like, Craig oh, could no, put new shocks on his, anyway, stop. But like, it, it's putting that on there and just being like, now this is what I need. I'm going to ignore that ping in the engine until it becomes a problem. And right now it appears to be a problem. Well, we have a problem. It's time to go. That no, is no, no, going no. to do it. We got to do game balls. No. You have to. Yeah, you have Why? to. Why? It doesn't have any bearing on the success or failure of this Kent, football team. Who gets, your, Kent, who gets your game ball? Uh, Nick Bolton. Good for him. Good job, buddy. Good, Good job against the Roma, man. A little helmet pat and a butt slap for Byron Pringle. I think Byron Pringle is the one offensive player that yeah. I think actually had a better game than inspect, expected. He seems to be getting his groove on with Pat a little bit. He is making some plays down the field. I think Byron Pringle's offensive role is improving. It, it was a solid game for him, despite the blowout. I'm uh, cheers to Colin Saunders. Colin Saunders having his best year by far. I I, I think that he he looks better. He's filling in well. He's been primarily used against the run. So, I mean, <laughs> Matthew Kittner, game ball, all the fans who sat through that, honestly, that, no, nah, that's who I raised my beer to. That and Colin Saunders. <laughs> well, that is going to do it for the KC Laboratory live show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for so much for, you know, helping some of your frustrations. It's very, been very fun to see some of the comments, some of the tweets that we read earlier. We'll be back with the game preview edition for Monday Night Football. Uh, which which right now feels like a meaningless football game, but please listen. We'll catch you later. To the Manning Bye. cast. <laughs> it's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.